Hi, Manoj. Welcome to Network Capital. In this podcast, we try and understand why people do what they do and uh, what are the principles that led uh, to the career that they have uh, formed today. So could you get us started by telling us who you are and what you do? Thank you, Utkas. Uh, my name is Manoj and uh, I'm the founder of Social Alpha. Uh, we, in a, in, in a very short sentence, we search for innovators and entrepreneurs who are trying to solve some of the most complex problems of humanity using innovation and enterprise as the tool. And we help them build their startups and then take them on their startup journey with support in terms of labs, in terms of capital, in terms of you know uh, expert advice and create create market access for them. So we work with them throughout their life cycle as long as they need us. And how did this idea occur to you? Walk us through the origins of this and uh, what's it been like for you thus far? Great, great question. So it's, it's a long, long history, you know. Uh, I grew up in a very small town in, in Himalayas, in Uttarakhand. And the first time I left my home was to search for a job outside. Right? Uh, so I'm a typical small town guy. Uh, and I worked in banking industry for several years. And then I worked in fintech space before it was called fintech, uh, the enterprise part of fintech, uh, building solutions for banks. Uh, worked in M&A, market consolidation in that space. Uh, and and decided to quit and became you know an in- investor and entrepreneur simultaneously. Built a portfolio of about 15 enterprise software companies. But about six years back you know i i started thinking that we have so many problems in education in healthcare in climate change in water and sanitation in assistive technologies solution for disability in agriculture and and we see that historically these problems have been addressed by state that is government right or private sector or ngos and foundations but as india's entrepreneurial movement is you know there in front of us and you see success stories in e-commerce you see success stories in payments Uh, we really don't see entrepreneurs coming in this space where they can solve our social economic and environmental problems right so we don't see enough startup activity when it comes to energy access right assistive technologies or water purification or water resource management or right. you know things like education right uh, access to education access to high quality education access to high quality education for people who are underprivileged and underserved you can keep creating a complex huge case right affordable healthcare so but in my you know interaction over years i have personally seen innovators and entrepreneurs who really want to be on that mission to solve these problems but don't have access to incubation don't have access to capital don't have access to market and don't have access to various elements that are required by entrepreneurs right right and and i had a great interaction with some people in tata trust and we went to mr tata and presented to him he loved the idea Uh, we got supported by Tata trust then we went government of india explained it to department of science and technology they like the idea they have been working on setting up incubators for several years right but the model that we presented that we would help innovators throughout their journey 
right? With a combination of technical as well as business incubation, I think we could create impact. So that's how this whole thing is started. But as we progress in this discussion further, I will explain you the various components of this architecture. So uh, which year are we talking about? When did you go to Mr. Tata and when did you go to um, different or different channels in the government? And how was the conversation received at both ends? Very positive, I would say. Right. So uh, we presented it to all the trustees of Tata Trust. They all liked the idea. Uh, in two, between two, I would say throughout 2015, we were working in evangelizing this whole idea with government and Tata Trust and some foundations. We became operational in 2016. We created a company uh, which became the spine or the backbone on which a social alpha architecture was created. It's called Foundation for Innovation and Social Entrepreneurship, which is a Section 8 not-for-profit company. And the charter of this company was to promote innovation and entrepreneurship for social impact, right? And then in April 2016, we started incubating companies. Our first company was Hasiru Dala, which is a Bangalore-based waste management company and it has been very successful uh, in the you know three and a half years of business operations they have really created impact and provided livelihoods to several base speakers and have a sustainable profitable business uh, we uh, the second company we got was fool which is a kanpur based flower cycling company it's very famous in the market now but we were the first investor in that company uh, so 2016, April, we started, then we added more companies. We added a medical robotics company that's doing extremely well now. Uh, we started building portfolio in agri-tech, in, in water and sanitation. But by 2017, we realized that there is one missing component in this whole uh, model that we are creating. We are only focusing on business incubation, strategy, go-to-market, and investment, we were not thinking about technology incubation because we thought that the technology incubation would happen in academic institutions or research centers, right? But that was not, not the right, uh, you know, uh, assumption. So uh, starting 2017, we started building physical incubation labs in areas where there is a big deficit in the country. So in, with support from Government of India, Department of Biotechnology and Biorec, and Tata Power, and few other partners, we created a clean energy incubation center in Delhi. It's a wonderful world-class facility where all lab equipments, like right from a battery testing facility to a smart grid is available to clean tech entrepreneurs, right? With IIT Kanpur and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, we have created an agri-tech incubation center in Kanpur. We are working with United Nations and Government of India to create a healthcare accelerator program in Bangalore. Right. So between 2016 and now, we have learned a lot. We have learned that you need both technology incubation lab support and business incubation support as well as investment if you really want to support these startups. And in mainstream world, it already happens. It doesn't, doesn't happen in, uh, in, in the social impact space. Um, so what has been the most satisfying part of uh, building social alpha? And what's been the most challenging part? The most satisfying part is that, you know, people of my generation, right? Uh, we we were afraid of taking risk. We always looked for jobs and we were not the best risk takers. I became a risk taker very late in my life, right? When I quit my job and started investing and become became an entrepreneur. But today, the kind of people I work with, they are awesome. I have these 
21, 22-year-old out of college, they drop out of placement to work with us. They know that we pay less salaries than the than the mainstream carriers could give them. They don't take those jobs. They come, they work with us. They work with us for a reasonably long period of time and then decide whether they want to be an entrepreneur, they want to go to a B school and study abroad, they want to do something in India, they want to work and they want to go for a you know typical mainstream job. They decide over a period of time. So my most satisfying uh, you know learning and experience has been the new generation, the millennials, as you call them, they are awesome. They're so, so good. And they're much better than people of my generation. And they are they are, they are are coming in this hyper-competitive world with a much more open mindset and willingness to take risks. And that is going to change this country and the world. And the most challenging part? Most challenging part is to convince people who have capital that promotion of innovation and entrepreneurship is also a charitable, socially meaningful activity. Because people think that only giving donations and grants to organizations who are working on the ground uh, on doing direct uh, you know, charity is charitable. I think that's a great work, right? I always support charity, you know, give to orphanage and give to uh, schools and hospitals, which is very good. But I am trying to convince foundations and high net worth individuals and donors, please earmark a portion of your philanthropic capital for promotion of innovation and entrepreneurship. Because when you promote innovation and entrepreneurship, you create jobs in a much more disruptive and nonlinear way. You create impact in a much more disruptive and nonlinear way. And you solve problems in a most irreversible manner, right? Create, see, entrepreneurs take risk for the rest of the society, right? But in the process, entrepreneurship creates amazing economic activity that is socially empowered and environmentally conscious. The problem of pollution in Delhi, for example, that is the news item nowadays, will be solved by entrepreneurs and innovators. So what's the role of government then if entrepreneurs uh, have a, such an important role in the economy, which I agree with you? Uh, I don't think you're saying that government has no role in it because you work very closely with them. Absolutely. But I feel that uh, sometimes uh, in this era of disruption, governments uh, also need to evolve. Would love your perspective on that. So, see, I would say there are three stakeholders and we have to understand their role. One is government, right? Uh, government through its policy making can make it easier for entrepreneurs to do entrepreneurship and easier for innovators to create innovations, right? And I think government is doing a lot. Like there, there is startup policy in place. You know, you you have several schemes. Uh, I'll give you an example. There is an organization called BIRAC, which is part of the Department of Biotechnology, one of the finest government organizations, okay? If you are a life science innovator and entrepreneur, the kind of grant, grant means non-dilutive capital, right? It's, right. it's like free money you can get from Bayerek is mind-boggling. You can get money for prototyping. You can get money for product development. You can get money for growth. It's an amazing organization which has over years promoted several startups, right? So Department of Science and Technology and Government of India has built hundreds of in incubators. Niti Aayog is building Atal Innovation Mission, which is again promoting innovation and entrepreneurship. So government has a role to play. And I think government is identifying opportunities and allocating capital for that. But that is not enough. Government's job 
is necessary but not sufficient then you have market right i would say market has not yet recognized this opportunity market means investors and corporations they need to recognize the importance of innovation and entrepreneurship in house innovation will take a corporate to the incrementally next level but promoting entrepreneurs and innovators outside will give them much more value in terms of attracting people to work in new technologies and solve the problem and the third is society the community right so it's a triangle the state society and the market all three of them need to be stakeholder in promotion of innovation and entrepreneurship so i live in karnataka in bangalore you you would be surprised to know if you don't know it already that government of karnataka gives 50 lakh rupees grant to 100 startups a year that is how you build the culture that is how you build the infrastructure right that is how you attract people to this this is high risk area right uh, getting on a payroll in a company is the least risky thing an individual can do but becoming an entrepreneur is extremely high risk activity right and promoting that is government's job it's society's job and it's market's job and what we are doing from social alpha we are making market more responsible more aware and we are attracting market to get into this space when market says no this is too risky social alpha says okay we will de-risk it for you and that's where we play the role we identify innovators and entrepreneurs we try to de-risk their business models and their technology as much as possible so that market can be interested in them and it happened one of our company that we incubated got acquired by reliance right we have another company uh, in uh, medical robotics one day either they will become too big or they will be acquired by someone so we are actually de-risking a lot of innovation for the large corporations to either acquire or these small startup to become large corporation which effectively means that market has to take interest in this space right and then the society right so how do you get civil society organization the ngos Uh, and 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 individuals involved in the entrepreneurial activity so we work with a large number of ngos especially in our rural development or agri related startup where our startups get access to uh, the test beds which are there in rural india through these ngos uh, to the, do their pilots and testing so uh, manoj congratulations by the way for such a brilliant growth of your the companies that you've invested in um this is not a fundamentally new approach right people at least in theory knew about it for many uh, years one might say a decade as well probably more but what do you think uh, social alpha has done differently and that has worked well for them or for you uh, for the stakeholders yeah this is an excellent question because very few people realize that it's not something new right so we have not really done something new we have done three things one we said that without using science and technology we cannot solve the complex problems our problems which are very complex and have been for there if we continue to do what we are doing we'll continue to get the same results so we need to bring science and technology innovation in the play number one number two which is related to number one the idea to prototype space right when you are a scientist or an engineer you think of a problem and think of a solution and build a prototype publish a paper do a patent and you know get an ip that space is very well covered and funded there are many organizations that cover the problem is the lab to market right you have created a lab prototype you have created a diagnostic device that you can demonstrate in a lab environment that works but how do you inject in the public health system right 
you have an ai based solution for say pathology or radiology right for image recognition and prediction how do you take it to the market how do you take it to the last mile how do you take it to the public health system in the nooks and corners of the country that space is not there so we believe that science technology innovations are absolutely important to create impact but lab to market infrastructure and architecture needs to be built and 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 grown and more and more people are required there and the third and last is the lack of capital right so we become an aggregator of capital we take money from corporate csr we take money from foundations we take money from government of india global foundations local high net worth individuals family offices and that aggregated pool of capital helps us to play like a, an investor and we allocate capital to the most promising and most impactful startups right so the three roles we play together right create a pipeline of innovation and entrepreneurship build the lab to market infrastructure and ecosystem in partnership with existing incubators and investors and government and foundations and aggregate capital so that this aggregated capital can be allocated to the most impactful startup and doing all these three things in the single monolithic integrated architecture that is what social alpha specialty is historically we have addressed these issues in silos i only do incubation i am only an investor i am only doing innovation that's why you have you know a, a model an architecture which is broken right you have value of that after everything you innovate then you see a value of that you create a startup you get the seed capital then there is another value of that you get pre series a then nobody is there at the series a what we are trying to do and at some point of time i will be able to tell you how successful we are or or not we want a seamless seamless pathway for the startup entrepreneurs where where they are taking the highest amount of risk by putting skin in the game and by surrendering their entire life to build an enterprise i want market government and society also to have the skin in the game to promote this startup and social alpha can be that platform so i see social alpha emerging as a national societal platform where every stakeholder every investor every entrepreneur every innovator can join hands right where we have all the problem statements defined where we have all the innovators listed where we have investment capital flowing in and it becomes a, you know some kind of an open platform for every stakeholder to play and it, it should eventually become a national platform that's what the dream is um tell me something how have you built such a powerful team in a short period of time some of the people in your team are part of network capital so i have engaged with them and i've always found them brimming with ideas energy and you briefly alluded to them earlier um tell us the secret sauce maybe other companies can learn from you the secret sauce is very simple okay one if you really want world class people who are on a mission to create impact have the right level of empathy to work with you be transparent be open in social alpha we don't have anything secret right so everything is transparent two currently the business models or business organizations right they are still following the industrial age hr and organization systems performance management system so demeaning it is your boss telling you what you will do and then giving you a raise or a pressure in social alpha we don't have all this we don't have a performance management system we don't have we don't have managers i have my 50 people team nobody is a manager we are a networked organization everybody reports to everybody and everybody is accountable to everybody we have chaos in the office we have complete anarchy but from this chaos and anarchy comes our symphony 
we have we have no system of demeaning human values and we have a model of self governance everybody knows what they are going to work on and they set their own targets they are self governed the only thing that they don't decide is their salary because i am constrained by the money that i receive so i have a fair democratic way of allocating capital to the most uh, you know effective and efficient staff that i have and we attract good talent and those who really can't fit into this culture we don't have to let them go they automatically leave so the the model works for us i don't know whether this model will work at a scale but another thing i will share with you and you i don't know you know other than few necessary policies which are regulatory like the hr and finance related we have no process okay so we have no process. this is fascinating indeed let's double click on this a little bit i feel that you're quite right that many organizations are still living in the industrial era when we are living in a hyper connected networked era but you've actually taken this to the next level by saying that everyone reports to everyone uh, so tell us like how do promotions happen how do you, how do people decide their career growth do you want people to stay with you for a long period of time or do you see this as a place where people learn and then go out into the world and do their own thing we don't have promotions because we don't have hierarchy so why do you need promotions excellent point you Tell don't have hierarchy you don't have <laughs> more but we have a career path my guys have gone to stanford business school my guys have gone to harvard business school this year one person is going to columbia and one to wharton my people have started their own startup which we have funded so i have people going out of social alpha becoming social alpha incubator startups i have people going to business schools and in the night work king ajar alumni i have people who are extremely motivated and they believe in the social alpha mission and vision they correct me all the time they are my conscience keepers they tell me where i am wrong and correct me they review my documents everybody review we have a peer review system okay we don't have hard drives everything is on a central cloud everybody has access to every document anybody can edit and give feedback and comment we are a hyper network self governed organization designed for next industrial revolution and uh, of course like have you taken inspiration from some academic literature or some other organizations in this industry or you designed most stuff from uh, whiteboard i was inspired by two examples once i read a story of netflix how netflix works and second there is an open culture foundation i saw their manifesto so my team sat together and we designed social alpha culture manifesto it has some 10 12 points that govern our behavior so anytime we have a confusion anytime we have a concern anytime we have fight we have to fight with each other all the time we have conflicts when we need a solution we go back to our one pager culture document that is our bible that is our gita that is our quran that one pager tells us what to do when you are in trouble that governs our behavior that governs our values everything Oh, that's wonderful. So, um, moving on, how do you scout for uh, entrepreneurs? I realize the social alpha has now become uh, a reasonably well-known brand in in certain circles. But uh, how do you find entrepreneurs uh, worth investing in? And how should entrepreneurs who look who want to look for capital or other things approach you? so we 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 don't look for entrepreneurs who can be supported by other investors or incubators the reason is we don't want to be competitive right if you are building a company and you can raise capital from mainstream world you really don't need social alpha 
राइट सो हु नीड्स सोशल एल्फा पीपल हु आर ट्राइंग टू सॉल्व इंडियाज कॉम्प्लेक्स प्रॉब्लम यूजिंग ऑन्टरप्रनोरियल नॉट सेटिंग अप अनदर एनजीओ और नॉट गेटिंग इन टू गवर्नमेंट प्रोग्राम बट ट्राइंग टू सॉल्व प्रॉब्लम यूजिंग ऑन्टरप्रनोरशिप एज टूल वी लुक फॉर दैट राइट वंस वी फाइंड दैम वी सी थ्री थिंग्स वन डू दे हैव स्किन इन द गेम राइट दैट्स वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट Everybody here has a skin in the game. We all have left our jobs. We are working here, so we all have a skin in the game, right? My people get much lower salary than mainstream uh, venture investors or, or mainstream NGOs, right? But they are here, so they have a skin in the game. So my entrepreneur, who is being incubated by us, must have a skin in the game. How do they demonstrate that? How do you test for skin in the game? See, it's very you find proxies. A skin in the game could be you are bootstrapping your innovation for last three years and have been putting in your own money there. right your money is your time also right you you didn't go for a job and working here another example of a skin in the game is someone who dropped out of a, a nice placement season in iit delhi and is starting a company with us right we have such people i have one of my most successful startup voxel grid which has built the mri machine he was actually a professor in iit bombay who quit and said i'm not going to be able to take my product to market if i continue to do what i'm doing he quit he was searching for funding he could not find anybody we met him accidentally he reached tata trust searching for someone people from tata trust recommended him to us we got some support from government of india and tata trust today three year later this is one of the most successful make in india story in hardware right it's an mri machine how many people have built mri machine so skin in the game has to be there no skin in the game no entrepreneurship you are rent seeker right for first thing second thing we look at are they doing something different is it a me to services play like microfinance we don't do microfinance why microfinance is mainstream you if you and i start another microfinance company <laughs> right so we stay away from services we try to do more products which are higher risk right so if you have a skill in the game then you are doing product innovation you are you know complicating things further right you are taking higher risk and the last we see that empathy right are they doing it why are they what is motive what is the motivation right what is the motivation of one of my entrepreneur is building uh, a soil testing solution that works for small and marginal farmers they can test their soil there you know in their village and it it help them get soil chemistry as well as some entrepreneurial activity at the village level what is his or her motivation where is this is it driven by empathy right so skill in the game personal accountability right and empathy is very important and then we help them we work with them sometimes we fail sometimes they fail sometimes both of us fail sometimes we have conflict but that's part of the story that's the fun right and then we provide them whatever we can if we have something we provide them if we don't have something we try to bring it from outside we have so many partners you know sometimes the partners bring in new value right recently we were working with one of our partners who had money to give in grants so we said why don't you give it to our portfolio companies so that helps them because that's non dilutive capital um how do you find uh, entrepreneurs who say don't have uh, a pedigreed work experience or an education usually in this space fortunately or unfortunately uh, investors look for people with track record with uh, you know illustrious awards uh, the idea being that if they've done well in the past they'll continue to do well in the future which is uh, which is ironic because that research doesn't support that how are you trying to do it differently see that this space is full of powerpoint presentation and english right mm. so 
if you can't speak english you can't do the powerpoint presentation your accent is not great you already have roadblocks right but we we don't do that we 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 work we go deeper in the smaller cities we also go to the academic institutions and and we help them do their powerpoints right we help them articulate their businesses my my guys are much more smarter than me they do a great job of you, you i can share with you my due diligence report or our presentation our, our guys are absolutely fantastic you know i'm the least qualified person here right everybody else is more qualified than me and they are much better in what they do so we help them and when we search for these entrepreneurs we don't search on the basis of which school they went to right that's nowhere in our criteria their education pedigree their english language skills and their powerpoint we don't consider that as i said earlier are they on a mission right where is their empathy level do they have a skin in the game and do they have a, an idea that can transform can they manage water resources better than anybody else right can they build a medical diagnostic devices which can reduce the cost of healthcare in rural and tribal india right can they create a clean cooking solution for several women who are dying of indoor pollution in tribal india because they use biomass right so yes that's what the thing is my some of my entrepreneurs who are working in waste management space they work with the waste pickers who want to hang out with waste pickers our entrepreneurs do want to hang out with them. so that's that's how we select them and some of them are making us really really proud right i was i was i was looking at uh, the numbers uh, you know the impact people are creating the employment they are generating the carbon neutrality they are creating like our our clean tech portfolio will reduce 90 million metric ton carbon by 2030 and and this is a third party report that has come to me um you've seen or you would have seen amongst your entrepreneurs uh, many of them fail despite these successes what advice do you give them and how do you see uh, them cope up with failure i give them only one advice that india's current entrepreneurial boom is focused on consumer markets it's not focused on social economic environmental impact so what you read in newspaper what you see in you know on television on success stories 10 billion valuation 5 million raise and all those kind of things please don't get distracted by that the reason is the startup ecosystem for our kind of startup right has not yet developed in india so you cannot grow your this growth hacking is not applicable to water and sanitation or agriculture and medtech so you have to be old school entrepreneur you have to seek profitability before growth because if you are not generating enough cash and you don't have an external investor bringing in large quantity of cash to fund your growth you will be out of business so you have to learn to grow on internal cash accruals which is again old school business right growth on internal cash accrual even working capital is very difficult to get at this stage right so finding partners working with partners validating business model growing business in a sustainable way because if you don't track sustainability scale will not come very few businesses will give you scale without sustainability because there are external investors who are willing to take the bet nobody is willing to take the bet on my mri machine or my you know robotics company or 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 agriculture soil sciences company right so it's increasingly important for entrepreneurs in my space in the social alpha space 
to recognize the importance of preserving cash and efficiently using cash in their growth and trying to find out business models that grow on internal cash accrual till external capital is interested once market is interested and money powers in this space then you can do the growth hacking but you have to stay alive absolutely <laughs> most important part of a business um what are your goals for the next 3 uh, years and where do you see your organization uh, play a role in say transforming the entrepreneurial ecosystem of india next 3 years our goal is to have at least 5 centers like clean energy international incubation center in delhi the india agriculture incubation network in kanpur similarly five incubation centers across the country in northeast in south in north in central india and incubate a large number of innovations into startups right attract more market capital see I'm, i have been able to attract foundations i have been able to attract government we need to continuously improve that but we need more market capital right and de-risk this space make it attractive for investors make you know investors should love this space so i think i would call social alpha successful if social alpha space is captured by other investors right that's the success that that means you are creating new markets right you have de-risked a market where nobody wants to operate and created new markets um my last question to you is that uh, you know we are a community focused on careers reskilling and mentorship i feel that one area where you've done uh, exceptionally well is the ability to really bring the entire ecosystem together investors government uh, civil society how have you managed to do that i can see that you're obviously very passionate and experienced but uh, how have you practically created this ecosystems what can other people trying to venture out or do something similar learn from you see i came from investment banking software engineering mnda and entrepreneurship and investing background i knew nothing about what i am doing okay so if you ask me how i managed to do it i had no game plan i had only one thing that we should be willing to experiment if you are dealing with complexity and uncertainty right you are in a sector where you don't have proxies you don't have examples and you don't have precedences then what do you do you experiment right so as social alpha when we built the founding team we all decided we will not shy away from experimenting if we are experimenting a lot then we will recognize failures early and kill them and we will believe in iterations and over a period of time once we know what works and what doesn't we will we will put more money on what works and get out of what doesn't work so we are learning we are a learning organization every day we realize that something is wrong and we need to fix it so there was no game plan there was no blueprint we started and started doing something and we are doing that even today and yesterday one of my colleagues said i think next year down the line you are going to do the same thing that we are experimenting and iterating i said yeah i don't have a vision into future so just execute well and learn from execution and over a period of time create models which can be replicated so if tomorrow in another country we have to replicate social alpha and i am in conversation with some people we can replicate and then we will have to customize as per their requirement and their market goals 
I must say, uh, Manoj, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I I wish you the very best. And I think that you've offered uh, mental models, not only for prospective entrepreneurs and uh, people looking to work in the investing space, but generally people to adapt uh, and build different kinds of careers, people who are looking to repivot careers. So on behalf of my entire community, I accept my greatest gratitude. This will go out to hundreds and thousands of subscribers around the world. And I'm sure they'll be inspired by the Social Alpha story. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Social Alpha story is still not a story. It's still, you know, early script. in progress. Yeah, but, but I hope, you know, we get there. And I hope you know we can we can in, we can really grow it. Uh, at the end of it, we have to solve the problems, right? At the end of it, if science and technology can stop that farmer who commits suicide in a village in Maharashtra because he or she cannot pay bank loan and is indebted because the weather went wrong or the crop went wrong or the soil was not good or the market is failing, if we can stop that, right? If we can stop a child who is Starving of malnutrition in Odisha. You know, we have so many problems. Science can solve it, right? The malnutrition problem has to be solved. Why can't we create some innovation that can solve it? That's what we, we, we aspire to do. And that's where we call everybody to work. We are non-competitive. We have no vested interest. We just want to do. And if we can get more people who want to do this, we can work with them. I love that you ended this podcast with saying that we are non-competitive. I love what Peter Thiel says as well. Competition is for losers. So on that bright and uh, hungry note, uh, more power to Social Alpha. May you continue to help uh, build the entrepreneurship ecosystem in the country. And uh, I look forward to a follow-up. We should do this as a recurring series, Network Capital Social Alpha. Thank you so much. Let's meet sometime. Pleasure. Bye.